0: So, I wasn't sure if I was going to make a, another one tonight, but, you know, I was just uh, over in the bathroom, uh, well, I, w- I was mixing up a new C41 formula that I just got in the mail from FPP, Film Photography Podcast, or a store, rather, whichever one, I'm pretty sure they all will direct to the same place, and, you know, I think it was like maybe 18 bucks for a... Uh, one liter solution which is perfect that's what I use I put the stuff in two smart water bottles well I put the developer and the bullets in two smart water bottles and then I had a uh, liter Coke bottle from my father and I put the stabilizer in that so now I'm ready to go and something before I did it I, I always kind of bug out a little bit before I do a processing on a film that is a little higher ISO that being like 800 or 1600 or something like that and you know for my 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 trip that I took I have a good bit of 1600 film to be processed and I was thinking oh since it's 1600 does that mean I have to develop it at the same time in a C41 processing kit that I would if I pushed something to 1600 I was looking online no one gave me the answer that I was looking for. And then I finally got the answer when I hit up um, Analog Talk Podcast, and they hit me back in a matter of minutes, letting me know that C41 does uh, develop everything at the standard time, unless you are doing a push processing, meaning I have a 400 ISO film and I'm pushing it to 1600. Then, to compensate for that, I would, you know, have to leave it in the developer for a little bit longer. So this is pretty cool, I'm gonna run a test and see how it goes, see what, if I like the results or not. I mean, like, when I had uh, some Fuji 800, I did push that. Like, well, not technically, I shot it at 800, but I developed it longer. So, in a way it was pushing, but like, not really-ish, you know? Um, but yeah, this is pretty cool. I'm excited to do that. Uh, developing stuff pretty soon. I have some stuff left over for Kara that I have to develop and scan up, and I feel I, sh- I should do that first, because she comes first. Now... What I just realized when I clicked open iTunes to go ahead and start this and put on some background music, that of which is Ritual Veil's new EP called Wolf in the Night. And this is so good. It was, like, written as, like, disco, post-punk. This is, like, perfect cold wave dance stuff. The stuff you want to hear when you go out dancing and not, like, a night full of death rock and post-punk. Which isn't bad, but, like, if you're going dancing, at least I want some, like, synth and some cold wave and dark wave and just some like evm you know something to really stomp and move to and get your groove on a little bit but um let's see yes so I, i opened up itunes and i accidentally clicked something really quick and i've been using itunes forever and and then all of a sudden it said converting and i was like Converting what? And then I just realized in iTunes you can convert things to MP3 right there in iTunes. And I had no idea I've been using outside converters for forever, which is cool. I like them, but I had no idea you could do that right in in iTunes, but that's cool. Um, So I guess the main idea of what I want to talk about right now tonight, um, I've been listening. I saw it today. I've listened to Elvis all day long and I went to the comic store, because I pushed off buying and reading comics, like, I would say for two months, and today I finally went back, well, not finally, I, I went back and did a little pickup about, you know, a few books, Backlog, but really all I'm reading now is just young animal stuff, and like, Deadly Class, Snot Girl, uh, I picked up a Blue Monday trade, and another book, uh, something about... Lobotomy. I'll see. I think it's kid Lobotomy. I'll, I'll check it out. I open it up and it looks pretty interesting. So I'm I'm happy to jump back into the comic mix, especially since uh, the novel game right now. I've I'm I'm waiting for something else to read. Um, yeah. So the uh, part two is coming up now. So. The main thing I want to really speak on or just talk about, because like I said, aside from listening to Elvis all day, I listen to podcasts on the way to, to, to work or jobbing rather, and to the, on the way to the comics, well, on the way home from the comic store, more so. Um, Fourth World Comics, the best comic store in the world, hands down, uh, or hands up rather, because why have your hands down? Now... I was listening to uh, Wrestling Omakaze, and they were talking today about DDT, Wrestle One, and Big Japan Wrestling. Big Japan Wrestling is my favorite wrestling promotion. Yeah, I would say so. And it really got me thinking. It's like, you know, when I first started hearing different podcasts talk about Big Japan, it would make me so happy, even when they kind of talked crap about or just grants over. It's like, wow, somebody's acknowledging Big Japan and how great of a promotion this is. And when me and Corey used to do the Suzuki Youngboy podcast, I would just light up being able to speak of Big Japan and CCW. Um, And honestly, Big Japan just came out with BJW Core, their streaming service. And once I see what more is uploaded, I'm Gonna get that instead of CZW Studios. So this says a lot. I wanted to really talk about I, all that. Really got me thinking. Hey, you know, I've I've spoke a little bit about it before, or a little bit about the subject before, and that being how I got into pro wrestling, or how, or rather, how I I got where I am now in pro wrestling, and I'll start. You know, um you know, as as a baby as far as I can remember, my family always watched wrestling, that being WWE and I think they watched WCW but I don't really remember much of WCW. All I remember from WCW is uh when we used to tape WWE pay-per-views, at the end of one of the tapes, it cut to a WCW taping and a fan climbed into the ring climb well, climbed into a cage and got stomped out. That's all I remember, and I remember uh, seeing matches, or clips, rather, of Rey Mysterio Jr. with his mask off. That's my memory, Uh, excuse me, of WCW, completely. And, you know, later on, as I, you know, grew a little bit, I watched Shinjiro Otani's match against Maliko. Um, But yeah, so I saw it in WWE, and, you know, uh, I guess in... Attitude, or whatever, how you want to call that, and you know, I was early 90s to late 90s. I don't remember much of the early 90s, more of the late 90s. I remember that, and you know, then that I liked whoever my mom liked, kind of you know, like Stone Cold, The Rock, stuff like that. And then when the Hardys came, that was my connection because in those days, I was like, yo, everything has to be punk, like you know, in fifth grade. That's when I found punk stuff. So it was like, okay, everything has to be punk. Everything has to be goth. Everything has to be that style looking of stuff. Uh, So I always resonated with the Hardys and I would watch whatever they did, you know, and whenever Matt Hardy would stop wrestling in WWE, I would stop watching WWE or F at the time, whatever, you know. Uh, Those are fun times, but I would say... Uh, when I got into high school, I stopped watching wrestling, and then after high school, I don't remember what started it, but I kind of started watching wrestling again and started going back to, you know, my grandma and uncle's house to watch the or my house honestly to watch the pay per views every month because that's really all I watch and with WWE even this day and you know. That started to spawn, like, me, Isaac, and kind of Armando doing little reviews. And we ran the same call, I think, top reviews. That was fun. Uh, And then I started really getting into wrestling and stuff. Armando told me about Ring of Honor, and I was like, oh, this is real wrestling. I I remember Isaac let me borrow one of his Ring of Honor DVDs, and it was made of in it with Daniel Bryan versus Landstorm, and I was like, oh, this is it. I, I showed this to everybody, and I was like, this is real wrestling. I even showed it to my uncle, and he he fell asleep within minutes, but he's prone to do that during wrestling. Uh, part three. So, with the ROH thing, uh, like I was saying, what really started to click with me, what I don't know if it was either ROH or TNA, I got introduced to low-key, and I, <laughs> dude, when I saw low-key, it was, what the hell is this? You know, and at that time, I remember the ROH stuff that, that I was showing was around, like, my friend, you know, Armando, he would, uh, he would always order ROH pay-per-views and then give me his login information so I could watch it at my house, and, well, the one that really stuck out to me was Eddie Edwards winning the title. Uh, I don't even remember who, who. I just remember him winning the title and that was interesting that was my first uh, ever live ROH I pay-per-view but um, seeing Loki I always saw him in TNA and then I got my hands on the first three years of NWA TNA and I was really fascinated with this just because of all the guys that I liked in WWE and other places. Working there, and I was like wow, and then you know seeing low-key verse amazing red That blew my mind to extreme Extents dude, and like after that. I just had to find everything about low-key Then you know I came across a little strange low quality and low camera vid like video and it was Lowkey versus AJ Styles in Japan. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this was in 01 uh, Max, Pro Wrestling 01 Max. And man, that was my entrance into Japan. Lowkey was my entrance into Japan. I started watching anything I could find of juniors from 0-1 and then I heard about Steve Carino and Shinji Hashimoto's work with the NWA title and that whole thing and searched for that match just so I could see what happened and then just watched some Shinji Hashimoto stuff, watched Carino's stuff, found out about Shinjiro Otani, uh, Masato Tanaka just knowing him from ECW. And Zero One became Zero One was my first Japanese promotion, and that like Zero One became my home promotion in Japan. You know, that's where I really started. That's where I uh, did my Japanese wrestling training. It wasn't NWA or anything like, not NWA, uh, New Japan or anything like that. It was always Zero One, just because of that style. And I remember I would get little Zero One DVDs, and one day I was uh, once again in the bathroom cleaning, and I had the DVD running, and the the show ended, and the theme started playing, and it was the most beautiful thing ever. The way that they would show the wrestlers, all the energy and the passion of the crowd, Shinya Hashimoto coming through the crowd. Like, this looked like the most passionate company ever, and then, you know, you know what happens. But I remember it was one of the uh, junior tournaments, and Jonathan Gresham was in it, and so was Jack Gallagher or Jack Anthony as they were calling him and uh, that's when Jonathan Gresham became damn my favorite wrestler forever over Matt Hardy you know and he seeing him there in Japan that meant a lot for me it was like wow you like you can go you can do this if you wanted to like there's a connection here I watched anything I could find of Jonathan Gresham would defend him in a heartbeat of just being the best technical wrestler, best wrestler damn near, anywhere, you know? And then I, I, got, I just watched anything I could from Zero One, and, uh, after a while, I started seeing something, Daichi Hashimoto, Shin Hashimoto's son, it's like, what? And I saw him, and immediately, I was like, this is the guy, and, you know, it's funny, I, uh, know where daichi is now in big japan and it's i would say it's because of daichi because of zero one that i watched big japan and i'm so passionate about pure wrestle today uh <laughs> being able to see daichi work all those matches you know little young boy sin and you know at the time big japan they had yuhi also and i really love yuhi and it sucks that she had to stop that she stopped wrestling but you know sometimes different things come in life uh Ah, Daichi Hashimoto. Daichi Hashimoto. Definitely. So, like I was saying with Daichi Hashimoto, watching him, and then eventually I saw Daichi Hashimoto versus Kazuki Hashimoto. And it said Kazuki Hashimoto from Big Japan. And I remember a little bit of Big Japan when I found, like, you know. ECW and you know when I started with CZW I guess I'm kind of skipping a whole thing with CZW but CZW is another company that I love so much but they just they don't deliver and it sucks these days that they haven't been delivering they have all the tools to do so but they just do not deliver when it's important and that's one of the reasons why I'm I love CZW and will always wear my CZW hoodie. But let's—that's not what this is about. It's about Puro right now. So Kazuki Hashimoto comes in. I see he's from Big Japan. Like I said, I remember Big Japan, and they're putting up against Daichi. And then, like, this was this was amazing. It's like, who are these two? These two, and they would be in like these tag matches against each other. And whenever I saw something come up, and whenever I got a chance to buy DVD with these two or catch a match on some weird-ass streaming site of Daichi vs. Kazuki, I would immediately be watching. That's that's what I wanted, you know? It was these two. Two young wrestlers that were just going for this. Um, and they had the same last name and they weren't related, and, you know, that that just intrigued me also. And their styles, you know, you wear kick pads. I'll probably like you as a wrestler. Uh, <laughs> so, um... After a while, they you know they tagged, and I was like, "What?" You know, because Daichi would go and wrestle in Big Japan sometimes, and they would start tagging. I was like, "This is amazing!" And they would they would never win the the tag titles, and I would, you know, I would get frustrated, but I would be with them each each time. And then you know, Daichi left and went to Noki's promotion, IGF, and you know what? I didn't stop there. I went with Daichi. I I went and I watched a couple of his matches, and I watched his match against Shinya Aoki because I was like, you know, the lore about Shinya Aoki, and then like I was like, I have to watch this, and he just beat Daichi relentlessly. Uh, but I still watched. I watched anything Daichi did, and anywhere Daichi went as a wrestler. And but in the meantime, I was watching every match I could find from Kazuki Hashimoto, and he, chubby Kazuki Hashimoto, is definitely one of my favorite wrestlers. Like. Probably my favorite, honestly. You know, if I had to choose like favorite wrestlers, or wrestlers like I, I love watching the most. It's definitely Daichi Hashimoto, Kazuki Hashimoto being the top. Maybe even I, I would say I know Takuya Hashi, uh, Nomura, without a doubt. But maybe Takuya Nomura on top as my favorite wrestlers to watch. You know, but aside from that, you know the Daichi he came to big japan and signed and that was like the happiest moment ever dude i was like oh my gosh i get to watch daichi all the time and i was like uh double hashimoto is gonna tag forever and then comes team yamato and you know they they tag and they tag and they never win those damn titles (laughs) and then they start feuding and then uh Kazuki gets injured and I was just like, no, they were so close. They were building so much and then like Even though Kazuki was injured. He was right there by Daichi all the time when Daichi that one night beat uh, Daisuke Sakimoto, Kazuki ran in the ring and hugged him immediately and I Wanted to cry. (laughs) I think I probably did Uh, Yeah, and, and you know now they came like came back and feed it a little bit but now i guess this brings me where bjw is right now bjw is really the promotion i came my own the closest like i watch like i was watching hard hit when i whenever i can get those tapes um i and i also watch noah because noah is so good i love the wrestlers there i love go and kino and leona leona is definitely he's He's not the greatest, but he's uh he's the greatest to me. You know? Uh Pro Wrestling No is something very close to me. It's also a company I have DVDs of and when I was getting Zero One DVDs, I was getting Pro Wrestling Noah DVDs too. Uh that was also a promotion at the at that time that I found, you know. Uh I believe Armando and you know the whole ROH influence definitely got me to uh so who was it talking about? Uh, pff, probably Takeru Noma or something. No, no, no. <laughs> me, uh, me liking pro wrestling. No, also at the same time. But um, yeah, uh, big Japan right now. And you know, I most recently, you know, it really shows when I got the opportunity to to go over, and I had the decision for what shows to go to, and say my my main build of my itinerary for that vacation was being able to see Big Japan. And I nothing really hit me that I was in Japan until I was sitting in Corken Hall and looking around and seeing the BJW banners and being able to sit ringside. And being like that night, watching Taichi and Hideyoshi Kamitani first beat Kohei, and Daisuke and they went through hell for that because Kohei beat the life out of Daichi Hashimoto (laughs) and like getting to clap along to Shinya Hashimoto's theme and getting to yell Daichi and doing these things that I do at home in front of a computer but getting to do this in real life really means a lot and I'm thankful I got that experience. Um, Seeing Daichi being there in Japan when Daichi really won like first title, it shows a lot, you know. It shows it's, it's always in a way three two one zero one, but we bring that with us, kind of. But now it's a uh, BJ strong, you know, or BJW core kind of, which I'm definitely excited about. But uh, now you know, playing Ratureville again, I. Re, uh, I, I put that on again because I started playing through Haram's new album, which is so good. Uh, I love that band. I saw them on Women one night, and I had no idea about them, and that was, those are some of my best show pictures uh, that I've taken. And that was that set was so good. It was insane. But um, yeah, I guess really all I wanted to talk about tonight is the passion to talk about how I got to where I am in, in wrestling right now. Mostly, I guess, how, how I got to BJW. <laughs> and why I like this company so much. They're young boys, and, you know, really seeing the fire that, like, there's a... BJW is, is... They joke around a lot. But when they get serious, they get serious. And that's something I always, you know, admired about this company. There's Deathmatch. Like, I don't I don't really like Deathmatch, and I don't watch Deathmatch, but I will watch Deathmatch and BJW. And I'll, I'll watch Terminated Death every year, but that's a different story. Um... And, you know, I don't like comedy stuff in wrestling. I don't, even, I don't even like fucking comedy music, really. Excuse me. And I'll watch a Brahmin's match. If I sit there and I end up not a fast-forwarding and Brahmin's come out, I'm just like... By the end of it, I'm like, I, I just watched a, a friggin' Brahmin's match and I enjoyed every moment of it. You know, everything that's going to happen. But it's so good and strong matches are everything I want in pro wrestling. And Hiroki Suzuki is the champion, and everybody that they have, Kazuki's back, the junior division, Yoshino's amazing, everyone in BJW is an amazing wrestler. The fact that their deathmatch champion is a shoot king. <laughs> BJW means the most to me in wrestling, I would say. Uh, yeah. So anybody, any call-ins, any talks, hit me up you know Instagram link at Astro Boy Racer X and I'll answer messages there or Blurden at Gmail. And we can talk. We can talk about music and photos and wrestling and everything. Peace Minasan